Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, it's Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. I am insanely tired as I'm speaking to you guys. I've just had a six and a half hour journey on the way back from Manchester. It was a bit planes, trains and automobiles. Uh, got as far as Victoria. All the trains were knackered, got back. Uh, my wife, God bless her, came and picked me up and then all the roads were closed and it's taken us an extra hour and a half to get back from there. I am physically exhausted. Uh, in the midst of the Brighton Fringe at the moment, uh, I think I've done 19 or 20 different open spots and shows so far. Just done the second uh, uh, just done the second show of my run of ADH Dave. Uh, the show is coming on nicely. Had another sold out room. Thank you so much for everyone that came out and sold me out. That's insane. I don't know where you people are coming from, but I like it. Uh, also been running On The Edge Comedy. Had some nice full rooms for that over the last couple of weekends. Uh, if you're in Brighton at the weekend at all, uh, Saturdays, I'm running On The Edge at 12.45. Sundays, 12.45 and 7.45. And apart from that, I'm also running ADH Dave at 8.15 at the Carolina Brunswick on Sunday nights. Just two more of those to go. Uh, if you can come down and check it out, I would very much appreciate it. Anyway, guys, it is insanely late. Krista is waiting for me to finish recording this. So um, this week we're talking about our favourite albums. It's all covered in the podcast uh, of 1990, that is, of course. And uh, yeah, please get in contact. Let us know what you're thinking. I had loads of positive feedback about the Madonna episode. A shout out to, to friend of the show, Cy Sharp, who said it was his favorite one so far um and yeah hope you enjoy this one too guys we had a lot of fun making it catch you later So my name is Dave Fenson. I'm Krista Greer. And we're here with a special edition of the podcast for you, just to round up 1990. Word of warning before we start with anything, both Krista and I are dying of colds because one of us had a cold and then we kissed passionately. <laughs> and now we've both got it. So you might hear some sniffles, you might hear some coughs. Uh, you might also hear a dog doing some stuff in the background, as people frequently message us to tell us. <laughs> yes, quite. Uh, he's, he's there you alright Waffle Stock you got a cold just wait until I kiss him passionately mate. exactly that's where it came from in the first place like, like AIDS with that monkey yeah. um, AIDS monkey yeah. <laughs> that's the way to start a podcast isn't it nice. anyway so right so today we are going to be talking about our personal very favourite albums of the year 1990 yeah uh, so we've we've gone back through and now the kind of criteria that we're working with is we don't have to have known the album in 1990. We just have to have got to know this album over the years. And we're looking at the, the albums that have stayed with us the most, got the most resonance, the ones that we think are the best ones for our personal journeys. Yeah, exactly. We've done kind of the 
listening to stuff we haven't heard before. Yeah. That's what you know. The first year of, of this podcast has been has been listening to stuff we didn't know at the time, yeah. and aren't necessarily that fussed with some of them. This is now kind of our reward for it, and we're talking about our favourite shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, you've kind of. I mean, you've pretty much got an idea of the stuff we don't like at this point. So, yeah, here's an idea of some of the stuff that that we do. This is not supposed to be definitive for anyone else other than ourselves. Now, oh, this is completely self-absorbed on our part. Oh my God, this is yeah. I mean, this is this is us in a room going. Oh, let's tell people what things that we like. Yeah, they want to know that. Yeah. yeah, we're important enough that people need to know. I mean, like honestly, if I was you, lot, I'd just turn this shit off immediately. I mean, you will get to hear about loads of amazingly good records. <laughs> I mean, certainly from my list, but... Uh, oh, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you too. Uh, anyway, so I think this is going to be a two-part special. We're going to do uh, numbers uh, 10 to 6 on this one, and then we're going to do 5 to 1 in the next one. So we're going to keep, hopefully, be two episodes for your buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously there's no bucks involved because it's free. So uh, even if you don't like it, fuck you, you entitled bastard. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's fucking millennials. <laughs> As if there's anyone under the age of 40 listening to this. Not a chance. Not a fucking chance. Okay, so, um, yeah, there, there might be a little bit of crossover here. We've decided that if there is some crossover, we'll talk about it when the uh, um, the, the person who has uh, got it latest. Yeah, at its higher list. position in, in one of our lists. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, then. So, with that in mind, just because I've seen the lists... Mm-hmm. I'm going to go first Yeah. my number 10 pick. Number 10. Now, I've agonised over this one. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things this could have been. Right. I, I thought for a long time it was going to be Strap It On By Helmet. You do love that. I do. I mean, you love Helmet a lot. You love Helmet. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, no, I do. I love, I love, I love Helmet. Uh, fucking great band. But... In the end, I had to pick a record that... Uh, this is Out of all the records I've picked here, this is the one I know the least well, probably, as an entire piece of work, but... Okay. Uh, that's why it's at number 10. That's, what, that's, what, that, yeah, that's why it's at number 10. But it's uh, Nick Cave and a Bad Seas, Good Son. Okay. So, the questions are, did you know this in 1990? No. Did I didn't you? get to know this record until... God, probably 2005, 2006, I thought. And obviously you were aware of Nick Cave by that point, obviously, but you just hadn't visited this album. Well, yeah, really. I mean, like my like my wife Jenny has always loved Nick Cave, mm-hmm. and you know, over a few Christmases, ended up kind of giving her a lot of the records and seeing. Back when you used to give people CDs, I know, and it was an actual treat. I know. Can you remember? Not just something that took up space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nuts. Um, so now we've got a lot of coasters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think. For me, the the main reason I, this is a great record of his, uh, you know, kind of storytelling, uh, slow gothy ballads. Mm-hmm. But the reason this one has to be on here is just because of Weeping Song. No sun go down to the water and see the wind. Better than that, but yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna pick one song from this, put it on a playlist, 
have a listen to it so you can check out the albums if you particularly want to mainly just so we've got the playlist so we can listen to it ourselves well, yeah it's going to be a banging playlist it's going to be superb um, and so yeah but like Weeping Song is just what, like, one of the most affecting uh, slow orchestral kind of yeah uh, for me it's like kind of absolutely perfect Nick Cave and a bad scene song. is it archetypal Nick Cave yeah I mean it's you know it's a uh, one of a plethora of songs that I like. It's probably my favourite song of his from this early period of the career. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, it's like a, you know, it's really, you know. You was know, was this album the first Bad Seeds album? Was it the first? So it's about the fifth one. Oh, blimey. Right, yeah. I, I didn't realise it was that many before. Yeah, you've got, uh, okay. yeah, From Her to Eternity. You've got Kicking Against the Pricks. Mm-hmm. You've got Tender Prey. Mm-hmm. And you have got Your Funeral, My Trial, which is a fucking brilliant album title. And of all those albums, obviously, you, you like you say, you came to Nick Cave later. Yeah. Uh, was that one of the first ones you heard of his? Or was it just... Yeah, yeah it, I mean, the, the, who knows? the thing is, right, it, I, I, as you often do when you come across an artist later down the line, I came across a lot of his stuff through live experiences okay first. I see so you know I saw him live and unpicked and went back and found the songs that I was looking for alright okay so that's what, when I say this is the album I've got the least relationship with out of everyone I picked that is why but having got you know having gone through and listened to the album a few times for the sake of deciding which one yeah. I think it's a, it's a really solid choice some other great songs on here as well yeah um, yeah Hammer song is a fucking there's a lot of things called the something song on here okay um, the Hammer song presumably about MC Hammer and his yeah, takeover definitely. of 1990 that's exactly what it's about it's good about, uh, yeah it. it's about baggy trousers versus thin trousers that is an important uh, subject to yeah Australia versus Oakland yes <laughs> That's word we tend to pray. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I'm intrigued. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is just a brilliant record. It's you know, it's uh, obviously it's it's not it being a cave. It's not a happy record. It's not upbeat. It's not lots of lots of fun. But there's a, there's a load of meaning yeah. in it. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's, I mean, there's no black box covers on there or anything. None. Like that. No. Not even one. No, I mean, they, they, no. There's a there's one Mr. cover where he covers them covering fantasy. Oh, <laughs> Meta. Oh yeah. Right. Be honest with you, there was a Nick Cave album out. It kind of had to go in the list. I think. No, fair enough. So yeah, that's my number. That's my number ten. Number what's, ten. What's your number ten? Well, my number ten. And again, I I struggled with ten. I I had uh, a list of probably fourteen or fifteen variety of I fucking love these albums down to I really like these albums or yeah. I really like this album at the time. And so the tenth one I did sort of interplay a couple. Yeah. I almost went for. They might be giants flood because mm. I it was one of the first albums I bought for myself on vinyl yeah. in 1990 and I loved it. I played it over and over and over. Yeah, we talked about we it talked a about, bit on but here, haven't we? You know, I I know in that respect it's not as good an album and it's not as uh, an affecting an album as what I've gone for in the end. I've gone for Pantera, Cowboys from Hell. Ah, interestingly, I put that at number nine. I see, okay, so all right, well we can do this then because yes. basically that would be nine. Right, I didn't know this at all in 1990 I had no fucking clue who Pantera were in 1990 in fact I actively disliked metal Uh, yeah I I didn't dislike metal Uh, I was listening to to Guns N' Roses but I was more of a hard rock kind of guy I didn't really. You, you, you knew Metallica at the time though as well, didn't you? No, not. In, Did you not? No, I mean I got to know Metallica. We'll talk about Metallica next year. I think. Yeah, they're, they're so it gone, was. Though. It was like Metallica for me was the uh, Freddie Mercury concert. Oh, okay. So 
in terms of when I first heard Cowboys from Hell, mm-hmm. it wasn't till years later. It was absolutely after I'd heard um, Vulgar Display mm-hmm. and Far Beyond Driven. Yeah, it was after those, and I only got it uh, because in like ninety seven or ninety eight, it was whenever I started DJing more kind of metal nights. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to get a lot of other stuff, and I already had those two albums we just said, but I didn't have the first one. Oh, so then I went and got this it. record. Yeah, oh my god. So yeah, I got into this earlier than you. Then in, mm-hmm. in that case, and that's been, it'd have been '92 for me. Oh right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean '92 like, was the kind of the year that I got into all kinds of metal. I kind of came out of high school, went to sixth form, uh-huh. met loads of people that were into all kinds of different stuff, and you know, a load of my mates were big into their into their metal yeah went into vulgar display first yeah. and straight back into this record oh I see instantly you, <laughs> you, you wanted to hear the rest of the, the stuff that's going on yeah I mean I mean, just you know from you know being out at, at kind of rock nights hearing Cowboys from Hell um, sure and you know watching uh, Headbangers Ball on MTV uh, okay yeah presented by Vanessa Warwick uh huh back in the day good times yes yeah, so, I mean I love this record it still holds up in terms of some just brutal assault on your senses. Yeah, I mean it's not a perfect record. There no. is listening back to it, you know, there's a, there's a fair bit of fit on it. But we'll talk about tracks to, to pick as we go. But mm. it starts starts off with the title track. Yeah, and you and you can't really, you know, there's not many better riffs in metal. Oh, you can't argue that at all. It's fucking brilliant. the guard changing a little bit because obviously we're coming out of yeah you know, metal at this point it's very very thrashy mm-hmm. obviously I mean it's, it's the trad stuff out there as well but this is something that comes out and it's just got this groove to it yeah no that's it there's more of a, a loose limbed swagger it's not yeah. as uh, weird men just headbanging I mean swagger is exactly the word for that and mm. you, you know and like Unfortunately, as a lot of people that we like tend to do, you know, he may have disgraced himself a bit here, a young well, Mr. Anselmo. Yes, yes. Whatever his political beliefs are, it's uh, it's difficult to uh, to think that they're probably anything you agree with. I can't imagine we'd have much to to chat over. No, and that is incredibly unfortunate. Uh, but that's, there's none of that in this record. No, and. Like you say, the, the swagger he comes out with, and you know his voice is still on this album is powerful as fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's so good. His yeah, voice it really is, and it's like you know I don't want to sound like an apologist at all, and you know if you're if you're a racist, you're a piece of shit mm. in my world, right? That's how that goes. But this record, the impact this record had on me and my life, you know, and I think like, you can almost just feel the baton. There's the, there are moments in this mm. where you can like almost actually hear the baton passing over. I, I've talked to people who you know slightly older than me and therefore were more into stuff like let's say Slayer Anthrax in the late eighties, yeah, um, and then Pantera came along, yeah, and there was no, it's not a sea change. It's not like they were swept away, but there was an absolute shift towards. Uh, whatever you would call that style yeah. and let's not call it groove metal like fucking Kerrang did or oh, whatever yeah, please let's not but um, you could see that influence from then on yeah absolutely and you know I stand by what I've said elsewhere on this podcast in that actually I think an awful lot of the music that Pantera influenced directly influenced is absolute dog shit uh, yeah you know without without Pantera there's no five finger death punch yeah uh, and as such, you can make a case for going back in a history. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just get rid of them. Just him. get rid of them. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, I mean, you've got you know, you've got Dimebag's just super distinctive guitar style. You've got like the fucking super, super, super solid rhythm section. You yeah. Know, I mean, it is just a, it's just an unstoppable rhythm section. Oh, that's, that's your dream rhythm section, yeah, right there, without a doubt. And then yeah. and then Phil, you know. So I mean, okay, this one for me is was relatively difficult to pick tracks on. I mm-hmm. I know which what I'd pick first, but I'll let you have first pick. Well, yeah, my favorite is just Beyond the Shadow of a Doubt, Cowboys from Hell. Title track, track one, straight in there. Fair enough. Gets I, me every time. And I think that's probably what I would go for. Yeah. But we're not going to allow ourselves to have the same track. Here. No. no we, we. So I'm going to go for Cemetery Gates. Of course you are. Cemetery Gates. Of course Gates. you are. Fucking stunning. And that's, you know, it's kind of almost like the death knell of the old Pantera style. Because he's got those... He's going for those kind of big, uh, like Rob Halford high notes and mm-hmm. points in it, and yeah. it is like, and it's, got, and it's got that kind of, it's kind of got a bit of a Sabbath to it. So sure, so, uh, yeah. But it's just got those brutally heavy moments in it, and yeah. I, I remember seeing the video for this on Headbangers Ball. Oh right, like, what the fuck is this? I love this. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the video for some reason. Uh, so I can, you know, I can't remember what the video looks like, but I remember seeing. Okay. It. I remember the experience rather than the than the actual details, but yeah. So oh, uh, okay, okay, well, no, great. Two two brilliant songs. Okay, we'll stick them on the playlist. Okay, Damn. so that's my number ten. Okay, so that's my number nine as well. So what's your number nine? So my number nine is Depeche Mode's Violator. Okay, which obviously we've done on this podcast, and we did because you're yeah. a big fan. Yeah. So I'm guessing that you are going to have it. Oh, I've, I've got this significant. You get it higher up this. So right, so we'll leave that mm-hmm. until we come to it in your list. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, okay, number eight then. My number eight is the Pixies, Bossa Nova. Okay, it's great. Right, and it was whenever I was looking through all the albums that came out this year, and I saw Bossa Nova. I think we again we chatted briefly about this whenever we went through it in one of the other podcasts. I wasn't particularly aware of this album at the time. I I suspect I only really heard the Pixies for the first time in 1990 because mates of mine were into them, but they would have played me stuff from Surfer Rosa and Come On Pilgrim and a bit of Doolittle. Yeah. So I knew Debaser. I knew Gigantic. Yeah, that's what right. So yeah, I knew those ones, but Bossa Nova came out that year and I didn't hear it. Right. But it is a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I will give it. It's not my favorite Pixies album, but it is a brilliant, brilliant album. It's got. It starts off. It's they even go more kind of surfy, surf rock than usual, and it starts off with an instrumental, start, uh, that kind of really just twangy surf guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then goes into track two. Goes into rock music as track two, which is straight back into Black Francis screaming, really scratchy guitars typical Pixies and the rest of the album is up and down between those things and it's solid as fuck wicked I mean I don't know I don't know the Pixies very well at all mm. I guess what I'm asking is would you recommend that I listen to the rhythm of the gentle bossa nova oh Christ almighty oh no oh no <laughs> oh. that's just happened <laughs> downtown you dick face <coughs> All right, so so yeah, I mean, I, where would you put it in the pantheon? I would put it. I'd put it middle. Um, I suspect my regard for Pixies albums goes down as they go on. Yeah, I think that the first couple of almost mini albums are stunning. I think they are what I want from Pixies. Do Little is a, a classic. Again, it's mm-hmm. full of 
big hits. Uh, it's where they perfected, let's say, the Pixies sound, whatever yeah. you want to say. But the rest of them, for me, was diminishing returns. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that this album isn't in any way bad because it is still a great album. Okay. I, I remember it was a. Uh, in fact, it was summer '91. I went to stay with some friends of mine, uh, the Bakewells, and my mate uh, Niall Bakewell did me a tape of songs. I still got it. it. Includes a load from this album, but that was '91, so I probably didn't get uh, into it until then. So okay, you're gonna pick a track. <coughs> yes. Um, because it was one of the first ones I heard from the album it's not like one of the big singles the singles were off it were uh, like Valuria and Dig for Fire yeah. which were ones you would probably hear in the indie clubs and they were the ones definitely on those indie top 20 compilations mm-hmm. but the first one I heard I think off the album that was on this tape my mate did me was Is She Weird Is She Weird I think it is a brilliant song. It's sort of a, a mid-tempo. It's not a surfy one. It's not a real screamer uh-huh. in between, and it's very typical of kind of that's a bit strange, Mister Pixies. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that's the one I'm going to stick on. Uh, awesome, man. I, I really like the song title. I look yeah. forward to hearing that. It's a good. You'll like it. Yeah, I think I think it's one you'll like. It's 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 not one. If someone said, uh, "What's the most typical Pixies song on that?" It's not going to be that one. Okay, but I think it's a, it's a winner, mate. Great. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the thing with this list. Sometimes we're going to go with the obvious mm. song, and sometimes we go. For, I've got. A, I've got a couple you, of it, right. Exactly. That's the one that got me into this album's sound. Awesome. So that's why it works for me. Amazing. Mm. What about you? What's your number eight, mate? Number eight. Well, I'm. Uh, this. This is kind of the metal end of the list for me. I think. Okay. So I'm going with uh, Seasons in the Abyss by oh, Slayer. My God. Right. Yeah. Fuck me. So, you are going hard at the start here. So, you know, obviously this is uh, following up from Rain and Blood. Blood. Yep. Which, you know, is arguably the most perfect thrash record ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's 30 minutes and there isn't, there's not there's not a minute of, of fat on that record. No, no, it is. It's start to finish. Yeah. The non-stop brilliant and you know and Seasons in the Abyss is not that Seasons in the Abyss is I guess it's not a lot of people's favourite Slayer record okay it kind of is mine though is I it think. Yeah. yeah it's one of my favourites and there's just there's just a few bits and pieces on it that, that I really like and I mean I think a part of it as well is it's one of the first thrash records I really kind of had and yeah. got into a lot uh, I mean but at the time Ish. No, like again, nineteen ninety two. I think okay. so. So, you know, my friend Chris Hunt had this record, and I listened to this yeah. quite a lot. It's just a really solid collection of songs that sound like Slayer. Right. Well, this is still you know prime Slayer time, isn't yeah. it? They were still pumping out huge riffs, without but, a doubt. You know, you, you know this, this is you know Slayer are doing their final tour this mm. year. We're going to be at the festival. We're going to be at Download. Oh yeah. When it happens, and I've got absolutely no interest in seeing it at all. Well, but it, I think it's pretty. I think it's a clash with either Pumpkins or Tool, and I'm not that fast I mean, about for that. For fuck's sake, yeah. I mean, it's I, you know, I mean I, it, if it was the original Slayer lineup, mm. and it was Smashing Pumpkins, even though I've never seen them versus the original Slayer lineup, I'd probably still go and see Slayer. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is uh, 
a great record. It's super, super solid, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got one of my favourite ever uh, Slayer songs on it. All right, so I'm assuming this is the one you're going to yeah. put on the list. What is it? I'm going with Dead Skin Mask. Oh my god. Yes. Let's hear how that starts, shall we? Oh yeah. That's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Hang on, hang on, mate. Song about Ed Gein. Oh yes. Well, they did love a, a dark subject yeah. matter, didn't they? You arrived. This is still a while. <laughs> I promise I won't keep you long. Wicked. I'll keep you forever! There we go. Ah, class, man. Dead Skin Mask, man. Yeah, Dead Skin Mask, War Ensemble, obviously. Mm-hmm. First track on here. Uh, Season in the Abyss itself, Expendable Leaf. Fucking brilliant record. Now that is, and again, that's a solid. Was it like 12 tracks on there? No, 10 tracks. 10 right? tracks, ten, 10 tracks, 42 minutes. It's still a yep. very, very, very tight record. It's yeah. not quite as on point as uh, as Rain and Blood, as Rain and Blood sure. but Skeleton Society Jesus Christ no, quality. brilliant 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 were you at that gig um, I know our friend Harry and uh, I went to a Slayer gig and it's one where they did all of Rain and Blood as the encore um, and they had the Raining Blood yeah yeah I saw that yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we were at the same one but I saw that show oh yeah, okay right I've got the sign picture up oh there. yeah yes you do but to do all of that 30 minute album as an encore Beautifully. Yeah. I mean, Beautifully you know, done. and Kerry King nearly played some of the solos accurately. So. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I mean, no, Slayer, Slayer Live is a, it's just, it's almost like a jazz experimentation. <laughs> and which key is Kerry going to be in? Ah, <laughs> uh, bless him. Bless Slayer. Anyway, right, so that was my number eight. What's your number seven, Chris? My number seven, okay. This is a slight cheat, but I don't think it's an actual cheat because it's Mudhoney's Super Fuzz Big Muff, then plus extras. Big Muff. Big Muff. Fucking brilliant. What a great title. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. I only found out a couple of years afterwards they are guitar pedals. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. I just thought, what a brilliant title. <laughs> They've called it after a big fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it is kind of a mini album. It was originally a six tracker, or maybe seven, but then they re released. Six what? Tracker. You, that's not what you just said. You went tracker. Tracker. It's like you're fucking from Bristol talking about <laughs> trackers. Trackers, yeah. Um, uh, but then it was re-released uh, with some extra bits on there. Okay. So that's that's kind of where, where I knew it. And this is one of my favourites. It's absolutely brilliant. It's pure mud honey. This is like the best mud honey sound that they ever were. Yeah. If you know them from stuff like Touch Me, I'm Sick, this is the mud honey you know. Yeah. And hearing this as a 15-year-old, because I did hear this at the time, one of the few on here that I did, I fell in love with it. It just got me so hard because it was so exciting. There was so much that I wanted to, to be part of this band. Yeah. One of the first bands that I wanted to try drums as well, because their drummer is, he's not technically amazing, but he's fucking brilliant. And he's oh, yeah, yeah. fast and he's tight yeah. and all of those things. And listening to those songs, I was like, I want to be, I want to be part of something that makes this noise. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. good. And yeah, it's, like it's, it's got this really hard guitar sound, but it's dirty as fuck. It's yeah. obviously, it's, you know, put through whatever amount of pedals. Songs were just, they were just shouting along. Mm-hmm. And to the choruses, like, touch me, I'm sick, fuck me, I'm sick. It's so cool. Um, when I was in a band, when I was like 17, 16, 17, just learning to play drums. Yeah. And we did one of the songs off this 
and it was the most fun. It was the most fun. Perfect. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, and I remember whenever I started going to indie clubs, probably the next year, ninety one or whatever. Um, and Touch Me I'm Sick was played every single week. It was yeah. like, they played Touch Me I'm Sick, and then they played Dinosaur Junior's Freak Scene, and yeah. you know that sort of shit. They played Debaser. I would throw myself around like an absolute yeah. dickhead. My, one of my favourite ever memories is to touch me. I'm sick. Yeah, which I th- I'm trying to. We were in. I think we were either in Mirage, uh, Long Rested Soul in Luton, mm-hmm. or possibly Edge. And Robin, uh, Robin Bashuri was there. I mm-hmm. think Robin. I, I doubt he's listened to this, but shout out Robin. Yeah. And literally, there was he was pretty drunk, and there was a pit happening to this song, and I think he got kind of pushed across the pit, and literally as hands made contact with the back of him touched him he was sick of <laughs> throw up everywhere <coughs> oh, that's a thing of beauty yeah absolutely the pit did not continue after that oh, but Mudhoney themselves would have been proud yeah exactly that exactly. they had inspired such a behaviour yeah beautifully done really? I also remember that the song I'm going to put on though off this album is In and Out of Grace which was the other one that would sometimes get played in clubs and that's okay. sort of, and is also the song that we covered in our band and it starts off with the same sample that starts off Primal Screams Loaded okay. that just what is it that you want to do yeah. we want to be free that, and I remember in clubs that sample would come on and there'd be like two factions yeah. like, which one's it going to be is it Primal Scream Loaded is it In and Out of Grace and every time it was In and Out of Grace which wasn't as often as Loaded let's face yeah. it my name and I just went fucking mental. Nice. It was great, yeah. Jesus, take me to a higher place. Sliding in and out of grace. Christ, body and blood, I cry. Sliding in and out of grace. Yeah, yeah. Now, so that's what I'm sticking on the playlist because it is dirty and scummy and just infectious. Nice. So, yeah, that, that, that's a good taster of this one for me. Yeah. Also, how my penis is. <laughs> I don't think everyone's, anyone's ever described your t- penis as a good taster. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird because it had the job as the wine critic from The Spectator for six months. <laughs> Okay, so that's my number seven. I'm very happy with that. I mean, that was one that probably, you know, on a different day might have been a little bit higher. Yeah. But in there, there you go. That's it, number seven. Number seven for me, I'm going to go with Repeater by Fugazi. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, nice, nice, nice. Again, I mean, I, I wouldn't get into Fugazi for another couple of years sure. in real terms. Yeah, yeah. But when I got into Fugazi, I really got into Fugazi. I mean, this is, you know, Repeater is, it's not my favourite Fugazi album. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be? Oh, that's a really difficult question. I think 13 songs is great. Uh, I have a real soft spot for Steady Diet of Nothing. Okay, yeah. Which is no one's favourite Fugazi album. But, but I Something love does it for you. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I really, really love Steady Diet of Nothing. Really love Instrument as well, which is obviously the... Basically, the instrumental version of end hits. Oh, I see. Okay, really. Like, yeah, I mean, I really. I mean, you know, that the thing with Fugazi is, I just liked all of their output. They, like yeah. even like what was the last track, the argument. 
Um, you think so? Yeah, that yeah was I awesome. mean, everything was good. Yeah, I mean, I dearly, dearly, dearly love Fugazi, mm. and this is just a great example of it. It's you know, full of kind of two, you know, one and a half minute, two and a half minute, three minutes. I'm not sure if there's anything on here that's over four minutes long. To be honest with you, I would, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Let's face it, uh, they're one of those bands that like a bit of brevity. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's succinct, it's punky, it's comedy. Yeah. What I always liked about Fugazi is you always felt like there was a higher purpose. You, I always felt like I wasn't quite smart enough for Fugazi. Okay, yeah. You know, right. I was like, what are they talking about? I wanted to know. I always uh-huh. felt like they always knew something that I didn't, right? Yeah, that's understandable because they did. They presented themselves as, you know, not just having a bit of fun. They were a serious band. Oh, my God. I just, you know, this is just a great great record that if I'm feeling a bit kind of pissed off with the world mm. I can just stick this on and just kind of feel that the world is alright for yeah. 45 minutes or so yeah um, it's, it's a pretty full on not angry in the same way as Slayer is for example no. but it's a pretty fucking grumpy album isn't it I mean it's, it's, it's not it's not frivolous it's, oh no God, of course it's not it's you know it's uh, it's a serious album yeah it's a hardcore record mm. they're, they're all serious albums but I mean I don't, and like people accuse Fugazi of being po-faced yeah uh, and I get that that's a fair enough criticism they do take themselves incredibly seriously mm-hmm. yeah but but it's still I, fun I, I, never, I never really hear that in the, I don't feel that in the music I, I you know I, I'm i not above a, a bit of kind of slightly intellectual superiority okay, in music sure right? I can help. I'm a fucking tool for well, yeah. Right? Dude, that, okay, made a career of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. you know, I'm. Oh, I'm no. doing an absolutely terrible job of explaining why I like this <laughs> I'm well aware of it, <coughs> but you know, I, I, I love Fugazi because they're they're abrasive and mysterious, and everything mm. everything feels completely genuine and authentic about it. I never have any doubt that they mean ex- even even when I don't really know what they're saying I know that they mean it oh god yeah yeah oh fuck there's not a, a wasted lyric orbit in here they no. they know exactly what they're doing and like you know you kind of it's the stuff with the kind of the dual vocals mm. and I just you know you know, I, I love the voices yeah uh, as a drummer you know Jesus oh, yeah my only issue with Fugazi I'd say is that over whatever X amount of albums they have yeah it starts to sound the same to me. I'm not a, like a hardcore fan. And I mean right. that in a hardcore fan of Fugazi and a fan of hardcore. I'm not. That The sound doesn't do it for me because of the sound. Yeah. You okay. Know? And I understand that. It's, yeah. You know, I think, you know, you, you I think you, you tune your ear into it mm. and there's enough variation in Oh, there. there absolutely is. Because, you know, if you put together a 20-track best of Fugazi yeah. playlist... There is a lot of different stuff going on there, and there will be, you know, 20 different riffs and hooks that I can get my head around. But it's when I look at their output as a whole, I'm a bit scared of it because I think oh, it's probably just going to sound the same after that. See, I think if you if you went like both ends of the scale and you listened 13 songs and then listened to The Argument, mm-hmm. for example, you're not going to go, oh, that's two totally different bands. No. But you're going to hear a big difference. Yes, yes, you, yeah, that's true. They got a lot better at layering things up. The songs got more sophisticated. There was always more in it, you know. You know, I mean, hardcore its most simple mm. is you know very, very, very simple, and that's not something you can level at 
for those. You know, people call it post-hardcore. And, yeah. And all that, that, yeah. Know, it's just a band's a band, and it? it's still a rock band. Fair punk, enough. Punk rock band, really. No, fair enough. Okay, so that was your number... Number seven. Six, but yeah. no, what song? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Seven. No, it wasn't my number seven. Um, and what song are you going to put on oh, playlist, mate? I'm either going to... What am I going to go with? Are mm. you between a couple? Yeah, it's between Sifisted Find and Greed. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Sifisted Find. Yep. Yeah. Particular reason, or just because just, it's just because bigger because, because it's a fucking great song title. That is, that is true. Yeah, no, good now. You know, like I mean, greed is the more bludgeoning kind of straight ahead mm-hmm. one one and three quarter minute kind of hardcore song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Find has got a bit more of the kind of the lilt in kind of odd bass line. Right, sure. Kind of the slightly kind of melodic but out of tune guitar. Uh huh. Yeah, love all that shit, man. Okay. Love no, that's that good. It's going on the list. Done. It's in. Done it. Very nice. Right, well, number six, then. I've gone for uh, James Goldmother. Oh, okay. Um, you know, a couple of reasons. A, it's another one that I did know at the time, and I fell in love with it. Yeah. And it was a gateway to a lot of other bands and stuff for me. You know, it was one of the first, quote-unquote, indie band albums that I knew properly all the way through and I, I loved what they did and also on this one but well that's A but B it also has just some tunes that have stood up to me yeah. 30 years on mm-hmm. I think that there's some bits on this that are still they, they get me that you know really fucking hooked me in so that's why I've gone for it I loved it I remember it was you know the cliche of you see James t-shirts all the time whenever you're oh, at yeah. indie clubs it was one of those ones I probably saw those shirts before I heard the band mm-hmm. but then uh, a mate of mine did me a compilation album which had uh, I think it was How Was It For You on there from this album yeah. and it stood out to me on that mixtape I was like fuck this is wicked this is a great tune it's a lot more poppy it's very that late 80s really uh, kind of indie piano-y style yeah. very you know upbeat that sort of shit but still good tune but then whenever I listened to the album there were other ones on there that were much more up my street as it turned yeah. out there were there were some that were more uh, slower more kind of inward looking more serious mm-hmm. but such a good tune to them mm-hmm. and so I was a big fan and I think Tim Booth has a fucking lovely voice I think he's a great singer still to this day one of the best live bands I've seen okay fair enough I saw them do well it was run one of the greatest hits tours in the early 2000s and they were astonishingly good well the funny thing is with James I for many years thought James were a band that I didn't like Mm. Uh, yeah, one of those kind of weird little hangovers of tribalism I would imagine and also presumably because Sit Down was everywhere yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really like that at sure. the time. Yeah, uh, and I, yeah, and it wasn't until I think again when we were working in HMV, mm. I think the greatest hits came out. Yeah, and the greatest hits was on a lot, and it was just one of those things. Was like, oh yeah, I know this. Mm. Oh, I know this. Yeah. I know. And you're like, oh, I know all of these songs. Oh, these are 
this is a this is a good band. If, if you look at that work. career, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I don't own any James records now. I don't put James records on, but yeah, absolutely know they were a, a really really solid band. Yeah, uh, and if I gave them more time, I know I would find plenty to enjoy in there. Well, sure. Well, the song I'm going to put on this playlist is one called "Lose Control." Where is the It's a great big chorus and stuff as well. I think you'll like that. I think it'll be up your street. Was it later covered by Shakademus and Pliers? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Because I'm up for here now. Wicked. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Lose control. Tease uh, me, the, the, the chorus could well, because it's, uh, the chorus is Shake my body, release my soul punish my senses, lose control. And I can hear Shaq and Nimson players oh, yeah, all I over can, that. I can hear them all over that as well. Yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a reggaeton hit. Right, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's cover it. <laughs> what, what, are you going to do the voice? Uh, no. no. Yeah, quite now. Cool, right. okay, well, that's my number six. Okay. Okay. That's where I was at. What about you? My number six is uh, Frizzle Fry by Primus. Oh. Okay, okay, right. Now, Primus are a super gateway drug for me. Uh-huh. I'm a band, again... Getting into 1992-1993 when I first heard Primus, mm-hmm. uh, someone, you know, I heard Tommy the Cat in a club. My friend Stu, uh, mm-hmm. who lives in the Czech Republic now, was an enormous, uh, enormous Primus fan. And uh, he lent me Suck On This, which is their live record. Okay, yeah. And then this record, I had to, no one I knew had it. Um, so... I had to like do that thing you used to do when you sort of go into HMV and order it from America. Oh fuck it out! So I think my copy it takes of weeks it, to come in. Yeah, I mean I think I probably paid about twenty quid for my copy of yeah, it or something down those lines. Probably more than that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't easily available in the UK at that time. Right. I mean, I wonder did it even get a UK release in nineteen ninety? I'm not sure. It's Caroline Records. I'm not sure whether they released it or not. D- right. Okay. I, I remember it being you know because when back when there was a because ta- obviously I was buying most things on tape at this point. Right. Sure. Um, but you know, I remember you'd go into the tape section and you'd you'd see suck on this, you'd see Caesar cheese, mm-hmm. see pork soda when it came out, but you would not see. This right, this was the mystery one. But yeah, so this, I think partially because I was the only one that had it, mm-hmm. uh, and just because it's such a good, weird record, yeah. this became one of my favourite. I mean, I, I played the arse off of this record. Yeah. You know, I, I love everything about it. The way it's, I mean, the way it starts off the same way as Suck On This does, mm-hmm. with kind of the drum beat, and does this kind of weird rewind and it goes into to defy the Lord's tradition. Okay. Absolute, you know, I mean, Les Claypool, weird bass, like, yeah. Strange um, man, I'd imagine. I mean, just a weird dude and all yeah. this. Just, these are just odd songs about odd subjects. You know, I was listening to, you know, Guns N' Roses and I was listening to a kind of... And I hadn't listened to anything that was quite as weird and surreal. This is... Some bizarre shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This, this is, you know, like kind of Monty Python. Right. You know, Monty Python on on record. You but know? With, with, with more slap bass. Yeah, I mean, even... Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of slap bass. And Larry Lalonde kind of... With uh-huh. his big kind of... Odd, I mean, and t- look, three-piece band. Mm. You've got... 
you've got Les Claypool on bass you've got Tim Alexander playing drums yeah who's an absolute monster he's a demon absolute monster and then Larry Lillon playing guitar um, odd subject matter like kind of slightly political message in there as well you oh, know? Yeah, okay. yeah like Too Many Puppies is a is an anti-war song I see it's got that kind of California Bay Area oddness that you know I'd seen some of from Faith No More and you know kind of Chili Peppers and this was taking it to a whole other level of musicality you know it's kind of obviously got yeah. massive like kind of prog influence in it jazz in there yeah, yeah prog and jazz and it's just it's all this stuff thrown on and it was just so deliberately obtuse but mm. while still having these massive massive hooks and songs in it that I was just like this is what I like this is right. this is proper outsider music this is I, I'm better than you because I can understand this right okay yeah I know he's a badge you wear it as a badge yeah and it's like it's like you know you can't you can't just listen to this once and like it this mm. is fucking proper music and it's got and it's got a sense of humour and it's got nuance and it's got something to sure. say and it's you can't you know you can't just play this you have to you, know, you, you learn to be the good as you can as your instrument to be able to put this together uh-huh. and you go out of your way to make it annoying for most people <laughs> fucking like uh, <coughs> there's something about that that appeals to the fucking bell end in me okay yeah the, the, like the deliberately obtuse bastard right the, um, yeah you know that I love that well that, that, I, I can see that in some of your choices where it's like oh here's a great song how can we make it a little bit more annoying yeah yeah no, yeah. I, I, you, you do like bands here, do maybe Faith and War is a prime example of yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen to how I make this podcast annoying <laughs> yeah. whenever I possibly can. Right? Okay, yeah. Frizzle Fry. Though. Okay, so again, what song are you going to put onto your playlist? Oh, this was a hard one. Yeah. There's so many I wanted on here. I mean, like John the Fisherman would have been the obvious Obviously, choice. Uh, Mr. Know It All could have been uh-huh. it. But I'm going with Harold of the Rocks. It was all. Bring a friend. His name is Harold. And a song about him going on a fishing trip and some of his mates bringing this weird dude called Harold along. Uh-huh. Right? Done. Yeah, and that's the song. No, but yeah, Harold's, that sounds like a primer song. Harold's just a fucking... Well, I mean, it's, it's got weirdos, yeah. it's got funk, yeah. <laughs> and it's got fishing. That is your primus playbook. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Cool, okay. love that song. Right, so that's... Well, that's us. Uh, we've done ten to six. Ten to six. We're halfway through our uh, top ten. Wow! Right. Well, before we sign off on this podcast, yeah. One thing we discussed having a look at was we we're going to see if we could decide what the best number one single from nineteen ninety is. Now this and is a tough. This is tough. Maybe let's let, let's ha- have a look. Actually, how many were there? Right. There were eighteen number one singles throughout the year yeah which when you think about it is not a lot uh, okay you know th- th- that's not a huge amount to choose from it's and not. some of them are obvious no's yeah I mean I, I th- okay before we start with the best yep I've just got a feeling that mm. 
if we count to three, we're unanimously going to be able to say what the worst single is. The worst one, okay. No, I know that. Vibration at all. No. All right, okay. Uh huh. Okay, um, on on band name. Uh huh. And then single name. Okay. Right? After three, and then go, yeah? Yeah. One, two, three. Bomb ballerina, itsy bitsy teeny weeny. High five. Shadow. Oh my god. Shadow of a doubt. That is the worst one. My god. Possibly of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) And there are a couple of other shit ones in here. You know, that wasn't the only one we could have had. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cliff Richard released Saviour's Day. That was a number one. Yeah. That's fucking dreadful. Um, Kylie Minogue's Tears on My Pillow is not a great song. Uh, it's not. Well, that it's bad. Oh, my God, it's not Itsy Bitsy Tootie Weenie, but it's not a great song. It's not It's not uh, the first number one single of the year, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid 2. Two, yeah. Now that, uh, I understand money making, whatever, but th- that was dreadful. Oh, absolutely awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. And, you know, one of your most hated bands that we've come across so far, The Beautiful South, at yeah. the time, was number one. But it's still not as bad as no. Timmy Bastard Mallet. No, absolutely not. It's fucking yeah. absolute dog shit. Okay, well, we're in entire agreement on the worst number one single of the year. Yeah. Good. In terms of the best one. Okay. What are you going to say? Because I'm, I'm torn. I'm like, do I go for the one that I love most of the time and I still think is decent, or do I go for the one that I probably didn't like at the time but would be easily the first one I'd put on out of this list today? Oh, see, I've yeah, I've got, oh yeah, I've I've got that left, right, and centre. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. is there are songs on here that are there's a couple that I could pick mm-hmm. that are objectively bad songs. Okay. I know that they kind of are, right? But I love them. Give me, give me some of them. What are they? See, I'm not sure I'm not going to go with them yet. Oh, I see. You're so right. So I'm. See, I'm. Look, as we talk about this, I've got the list open in front of me, and I'm still changing my mind. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, are, are you are you locked? I um. I've decided which way I'm going to go. I was between okay. two, and I've decided which way I'm going to go. Okay. So what are your cho- what are your criteria for your choices then? You uh, are. I was uh, one of them. I loved at the time yeah. and was a game changer for me at the time. Yeah. And I still think is a very good song. Yeah. One of them is I wasn't interested at the time at all but now I fucking love it and it would be the one I put on on the first out of these ones okay um, what was it going to be I would love to do the second one but it's going to be the former it's going to be what I loved at the time right yeah okay and it is Beats International that'd be good to me oh that's a big tune that's on my shortlist yeah it's a big tune it I is. love it it is I remember when it came out it blew me away it absolutely fucking st- dumped me I was like oh I'm going to be this good this is such a great tune and even today yeah I love it it's not what I would put on if someone said to me play me a song from 1990 out of this list that wouldn't be the one alright well look I'm going to so this is where I'm at okay yep. there is there is a song on here that I think is uh, unimpeachable pop classic yep okay I've talked about about the artist a lot yep and I, looking at this list to me is easily the best song on here okay but I'm not picking it it's not I, I, I know exactly what one you're talking about and what am I talking about you're talking about Sinead O'Connor's Nothing About Sinead I'm not I'm talking about Vogue by Madonna but oh. but I also oh, right, okay. Nothing Compares to You is an incredibly beautiful song mm-hmm. like on a different day uh-huh. I might pick it but today I've got to go with my heart and I've got to go with the song that gave me the most pleasure at the time and has given me the most pleasure in the years since and I'm going with Ice Ice Baby by Vanessa really? Rose. I've got to go with it man I've got to go with it <coughs> like 
Fucking okay, it's, wow. Look, I know everything that's wrong with this song. Of right? course, I know everything that's wrong with this song, but I still can't <laughs> stop myself remembering yeah. being like being this age and just learning every word to it, oh, which I still know. Oh, oh uh, yeah, of course I do. Of course you do. You know, you know, we've 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 discussed the fact there's a Zumba version of this <laughs> yes, song. Yes, we have. <laughs> you know, well, look, look, I feel like Vanilla needs to get something out of this. Okay, he's he's taking a lot of slating over this uh, amount of podcasts we've done. Hello, You're going to redeem him at the end, are you? I can't lie. This is this okay. is a bad song, but if it comes on on the radio, I'm going to turn it up. Oh, mate, it's one of these ones that it, you, when you talk about guilty pleasures, you know, if I went yeah. to that sort of a night, I would be on the dance floor of that yeah. shit. Of course I would, but it wouldn't be my choice. Let me guess what your other song was. Go. Would you have gone Show Me Heaven? Yeah, well, that was your other yeah, choice. Yeah, straight yeah. Away. Maria McKay, Show Me yeah. Heaven. See, that's that's the thing for me. Like you know, like there are a lot of. I mean, let's go through the actual. You know, okay. Hanging Tough is a fucking great pop song. It's a great pop song, but I, it didn't mean anything to me at the time. It meant a lot to me at the time. Okay, I see you were a fan. Of I loved you it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I loved that song at the time. Nothing compares to you is immaculate. Yeah, and we. It's on our other playlist though. Well, indeed, and we talked about it in the Sinead O'Connor podcast that we did how big a tune and how much it meant to you it is it's one of those ones that I know has resonance for you snap the power snap the power is a brilliant song the crack of a whip I snap attack front to back in this thing called rap that is that's good and that is a you know instantly that's an instantly recognisable riff as well oh my god Madonna Vogue, like you say, yeah. Adamski's killer. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. World in motion. Well, most... God of motion. Fucking go on, Barnsley. Uh, Partners in crime, turtle power. Which we've also find out you know all the words too. Yeah. Off the top of your head. Yeah. Sacrifice healing hands. Well, healing hands we liked. Yeah. Let's move on past yeah. itsy bitsy. Itsy bitsy. What was happening in the world? I'm, I'm a feeling as well. I'm just remembering back to the podcast that we mentioned it in I have a feeling that in the top 10 at the same time was that Thunderbirds Are Go song as well oh, fuck off, it was really? a particularly bad week not that MC not the one featuring MC Parker yeah FAB featuring MC Parker oh my god yeah. that's bad anyway yeah and then we go for the rest of the year a little time ugh. yeah Unchained Melody yeah. Uh, Forever uh, Ice Ice Baby and then Cliff Richard smegging it up at the end with Saviour's Day <laughs> as he is wont to do yeah, yeah exactly Wicked. All right, so that brings nice, us to nice. the end of uh, of episode one of this two part special. Excellent. No, I was good. I was good. We we covered a lot of good albums there. All right, but it does mean that uh, there's a lot of good shit still to come. Yeah, and not not too much of a crossover. We had one crossover, didn't we? No, two. Uh, Did Qu- we? Cry Boys and Depeche Mode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we didn't talk about Depeche. Yeah, because it's coming later. Okay, fantastic. All right, well, guys, I well, hope you've enjoyed this uh, this bonus episode. Uh, see you next week for part two. Bye. Pop, Collaborate and Listen is produced in the loosest of terms and edited, if you can call it that, by us two amateurs, which is why it sounds like it does. If you do want to get in contact with us, and we would love you to, you can get us on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at pclpodcast, Instagram at pclpodcast, facebook.com slash pclpodcast, and you can find all of this info as well as links to our Spotify playlists and that sort of thing our website which is pclpodcast.com